You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 60 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24. My dude, how are you doing this week? I'm uh, doing pretty great. How are you? I'm doing pretty great as well, my man. Definitely glad to be here. I feel like it's been forever since we recorded, but, you know. Definitely uh, feels good to be back here in the courier shop once again. Yep, especially since we're doing a you know a, an awesome DLC. That's true. Yes, and a full appropriate episode, and our first of the DLC dungeon um, little episodes. We're done with base game dungeons for our dungeon guides episode, so we're moving on to the first DLC dungeon pack that came out. Which was a part of the Imperial City DLC. It uh, was not only two dungeons, but it also brought the uh, Imperial City PvP, um, like PvP slash PvE kind of area that you could travel into. And it's now its own um, campaign that you could just queue into. And then it also came with these two dungeons that we're going to talk about, which are Weigel Tower and Imperial City Prison. And those are, it's actually the first DLC pack that came out after the game released on console. So technically, Craglorn was a DLC for PS or for PC after it first came out. Then it releases on console with Craglorn already. And then imperial city comes out so i believe it was around november when it first came out and it also uh increased the uh cap the level cap from vet 14 to vet 16 but dog don't know nothing about them vet ranks right right that 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 was all before me but you know what i do know is that i brought uh you know to celebrate this occasion i brought in pastool He's an ex- exotic Necrota Corver, which I'm sure Bob is just thrilled to have in the courier shop. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll never forget the time <laughs> that I made everyone go through Fangler to get me my personality. And I was like, wow, you guys are the best. What do you want to do, dog? What do you want to go do super hard to get? Uh, I want to go get this ugly horror pet in Imperial City. It's like, okay, dude. Sure, hey, guess what character want. still uses it to this day? Hey, you know what? It's better than the skin that Graham <laughs> loves, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got that going on. Yep, you know that uh, necromancer that I named appropriately, Bob Space Jichinski? He follows oh, you around eh, all over Tamriel. That's lore-breaking, then, because you used to copy me exactly, and I never used that pet. Well... He, nope, nope. You, you said that. <laughs> wow, just because I don't play on Xbox as much doesn't mean you can control my life. <laughs> I don't know. I also got the uh, Cinch Club from the Arboros craze on Xbox C when I logged in. 
So Lyrinth is definitely blessing me with some good fortune this week. So are you kidding me? Nope. <laughs> like I, how I, many I, times have you got this <laughs> stupid pet and freaking mount? Like oh my god! Like I got the pet amount on Xbox. I got I have the pet on Xbox EU now, and I think I got one of them on a PC too. Ridiculous! This is insane. (laughs) I've never got one. Like I've opened so many (laughs) of these stupid things, and he sends me an extra card like half the time. I swear, it's like such a troll every time. Yeah, I got the extra card. I'm like, man, you know how awesome it would be if I, uh, you know, got a pet or mount, and I got it. It was it was the last crate too. And oh, sure. (laughs) I had five of them to open because I haven't been on that in like two weeks or three weeks so yeah good times (laughs) fair enough man fair enough and definitely definitely good times so before we get into the episode and the news and everything it has been a while our last episodes were a batch of kind of mini-sodes that we put together to uh, go over the new CP changes and the new system. We definitely intended for them to come out probably a bit quicker than they did and to follow up with something a bit quicker. But Dogda and I are both um, just going through this crazy, super busy time of our lives. Dog is uh, just in new you know, his new uh, semester or whatever just started in, in college. It's being a good dog going to school. So he is freaking just uh, blowing his mind with classes. And I have been uh, super dieting and working out, going to the gym like every day. And um, it's cool. And it's been like a m- solid month for me. And it's like, I am doing great and you know I'm sure none of you care but that's out there so that's that just so you all know doing good but um man all my free time that was already pretty small is so so gone so uh it's just really been kind of dealing with fluctuating schedule changes and everything and um it happens. It's a, it's as uh, me and Dog know each other like three three years now. Dog, goodness, uh, we go through a couple periods where we just have to get our schedules back going together. So um, here we are. We are getting back in the groove of things, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to get some pretty solid recording uh, going again. Maybe releasing episodes probably on a. Later in the weekend uh, basis, again, maybe Sundays, Mondays, we'll be recording, you know, midweek, uh, later week, hopefully. But anyways, just a little bit of behind the scenes for you guys so you can uh, know what to expect going forward. And uh, I know that we have done a lot of talking about, you know, more ways for you guys to for our podcast to be inclusive and for us to grow our community. We are definitely ready to go with all that. We just need to send it out. So our goal is to get all of that put out there and um, just more ways for you guys to uh, 
like you know have access to chilling with us to talk in elder scrolls etc blah 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 bouncing build ideas off us whatever so um yeah we're busy with life but we are definitely still 100 percent uh over here uh ready to go and as far as that goes um yeah elder scrolls lately my elder scrolls experience has been um pretty much slave to events is uh, what i feel at this point because i'm like wow 100 percent xp is only here for this long and i have so much freaking cp to get because they made the cap 3000 and i just started on cp not even a year ago and already at 800 and that's pretty much not good enough at all so that's how i feel and um then i have zero time so it's pretty much like i log in and i do ritz and then like black rose is so amazingly broken like with xp like I don't even do daily dungeons anymore because I'm like, I could do Black Rose with a dog like three times and it will make up for like four days of random dungeons on five characters. So that's pointless to wait through. So, uh, yeah. And if you're wondering like, wow, how are they getting so much experience? It's because the event is going on right now. The anniversary event. And it succeeded the gesture event. So it was like, literally, they turned off the gesture event and turned on the anniversary event. So we've got both of them going, have been going on, looking at like a pretty much full three weeks of double XP. And yeah, it's been a little tough to uh, get my get my groove and ESO going as well. But I did do some battlegrounds here today, just like queued all night for battlegrounds did like five or six and that was pretty fun and uh i've been doing a lot of ritz making sure i get um five, five or six characters at least done a damn pc and uh that's been good been good what about you doc how's the uh event been going for you i've been rambling i'm sorry it's been too long <laughs> All right. So for me, I started off doing this event, you know, trying to do some crafting dailies on both PC and Xbox. And I I was doing it at least like every other day on PC, you know, for a little bit. And then I said something to Bob like, yeah, I get on PC every other day. And then for the next five days after I didn't get on PC. So yeah, there was that. <laughs> well, I, that, you know, uh, one dude was like, oh, hey, like, that one dude, and you were on that horrible character of your healing sword, so, you know, you had to remedy that for, like, <laughs> five days extra. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. I, I was definitely embarrassed, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I met, uh, you know, someone inside of Lair of Marslock, you know, of all places, of all dungeons that we could have been met on, on a freaking streaking sword. I only had five skills on that sword because I messed up my uh, respec. And it was this was past the two-week point, so I couldn't do anything about it. And I only had five skills. I had my healing springs, my radiant regeneration. I had streak. I had 
the uh, Lightning, Duster Staff, AoE, Wall of Elements, and then I had Crystal Frag. So I'm in there just spamming or hardcasting Crystal Frag because that's all I have. And then occasionally I streak through enemies to stun him. And that's all I'm doing. And this guy at the end of the dungeon is like, oh, hey, I know you. I listen to your show. I'm like, great. 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 <laughs> at the end, like, he watched you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wow. You know, this guy is hard-judging you. Yeah. So frag. Yeah. I, I would be hard-judging me to be too. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the dungeon, though, I got my skill point, And now I, that character had six skills. And now... After, you know, a couple of days, that character now has, you know, at least they, he has, uh, it has two full bar sets of skills, which is good. So they're not the right skills, but they're skills. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to lie. We needed like a month of free respects. Like I have way too many characters to have logged in in that two week period and set them all up. Like this is insane. I still have so many characters. That aren't even set up on Xbox. They're like, I don't want to log into them now. I have to go pay for everything. Like, this sucks. Yeah, I. Uh, it was during the Jester's Week too, or we had to be at the Jester's Festival. So I, I respect them all to, to do crafting dailies on uh, Xbox. And I, yeah, I do them on uh, eight characters, and which is a lot of load screens on Xbox. It's just a lot of load screens. And yeah, some of my character, or most of my characters, I think the only uh, two of them are actually fully set. But six of my characters, it's like, well, I have an, enough for uh, craft for doing crafting dailies and to just slide by, except for the Sork. The Sork and no, just the Sork. The Sork was the only one that needed, you know, more skill points because it only had five skills. Everyone else had like, you know, at least one bar set up. That character didn't even have one bar set up. So. So, yeah, as you guys can tell, me and Dog have definitely been up in ESO doing all kinds of fun stuff. And as far as ESO goes, we, uh, you know, have plenty of news since we haven't talked about it for weeks. Clearly, that's what we've been going on about here. But. You guys hear us talking about the event, the anniversary Jubilee event is what we're talking about. Six years, seven now? Seven years of ESO. Uh, six years on console. Dogged, why don't you go ahead and give them all the important details about this event? All right, so for this event, you can eat the Deadlands cake. You can go to Glenumbra or wherever the other two places are. I go to Glenumbra because Glenumbra is best and it has a dock. I go to Ardon and it's on the dock there too, but I only go there because that's, you know, where I started. So. But that's in Skywatch. No one wants to, or not, that's not in Skywatch. That's in Volkelgard. No one wants to go to Volkelgard. What do you mean? <laughs> Volkelgard is like place. the chillest place. Well, okay. <laughs> what do you mean it's chill? It's the chillest place. It's zone chat is like is the worst. I mean, it's all of art on. Like, you can't get away from it no matter where you go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so toxic because, you know, the Altmer and pvp and dueling goes there it's it's just a bad it's bad for the entire economy of oradon 
Hey, Glenumbra has some interesting conversations in uh, Zone Chat, too. I'll just put that out there. Yeah, so does Stone Falls. It's just as tardy zones. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but Ardon is probably worse, <laughs> to be fair. You're right. Just ignore everyone. Just go get your cake. Right? Just, yeah, don't look at chat. Go to the docks and uh, get your bring some flour with you because you got to bake cake and honey and bananas. That sounds like a pretty bomb cake with bananas <laughs> and everything. But yeah, you do that quest, and then you eat the Deadlands cake, and now you have double experience. And yeah. And then you can also do dailies. All dailies give you the, uh, they give you a box. And you can get a box by doing any daily. And there are over 400 dailies. And then USB shows that there's actually 420 total repeatable quests. So that's a lot of quests. That's a lot of different options. I kind of counted the uh, different ones and like across any character you have about f you have 52 different dailies they can just do available that they're just available to you as, you know assuming you're at like level 50 so you can do pledges and you have crafting stuff certified but you have 52 different dailies that you can do most of them are like different uh most of them are different uh starter DLC dailies like your Classic world boss quest and delve quest. And then after those 52, you can also do Craglorn zone dailies. If you're interested in those, I kind of am, but I don't really have a group or anything. But there's 14 <laughs> dailies to do in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm only just sitting here doing nothing, but yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, but you want to do it on PC, I want to do it on Xbox. Yeah, well, maybe if you asked, dog. Maybe. <laughs> See, I got to do some stuff on Xbox so I could <laughs> make you, uh, you know, I could uh, guilt you into doing stuff on PC. Yeah. You have uh, nine trials. There's nine trials, so you do the nine trial quests. They're repeatable, too, so you should be able to get a box every time you do set a trial. Or do the trial. You have the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood DLC. There are seven different repeatables from, from the Thieves Guild and five from the Dark Brotherhood. And then you have the two Gold Coast dailies too, the World Boss and Delve. There, if you completed like every DLC, there's an extra eight dailies for across like all of the DLC. And then you have your you know serial PvP quests if you're just PvPing all the time. You also have your battleground PvP quests. I think there's like f only four battleground ones though and then of course you have town dailies which are just serial dailies and you have 49 total town dailies you can do uh, along with uh four fighters guild serial dailies if you have a uh, that one skill see i think you have to, like five i think you need like fighters guild 10 in order to do it but you do have you do it you can go kill like a bunch of goblins or bandits and that that's a daily for you too yeah and that is all very important stuff to know and very important stuff to do i mean honestly for me i've as i said before been going as hard as i can and uh, we did a twitter poll recently 
asking how many boxes people think they've opened. I voted for the 100 plus because I'm pretty sure that I, well, I know I've opened over 100 because when I do writs on six characters, that's seven characters, or no, that's seven things times six characters, which is 43. So that's just one day I would 43. 42, thank you, my math. You know, I get as I get older, it gets worse. But um, yeah, so two days, that's pretty close to 100. So I know I've gone over that. But we had our options were none, around 25, maybe 50, or Ripmaster 100 plus. And that came in at over 48% for Ripmaster 100 plus. So a lot of people were opening a lot of boxes. We did have a quarter of the votes, um, over 100, come in at. Well, over 100 total, so a quarter of it came in around maybe 50. 15% of it came in around under or around 25 boxes. And 13% came around none. So we got some people that just aren't feeling this event. And, you know, honestly, I can't blame them. And sometimes it's tough when you get two events that are literally just back-to-back. Like, this is kind of supposed to be, like, our big uh, celebratory thing, the anniversary usually last longer um maybe we were spoiled in the last few years but it was like three four five weeks i mean for it to only be uh 13 days or 12 days at first and then uh we got an extension which uh we could go into but it's gonna be like 14 days i mean it's cool but it's also, as I said earlier, kind of draining, and I'm kind of ready for it to be over so I could just play some ESO again. Uh, anything else you got to say about these events, dog? Then definitely let's uh, mention what happened with the extensions and everything. Um, as far as dailies go, you can do you know 50 of them a day. You know, crafting dailies are the best thing you can do because I mean, they're crafting dailies are easy gold and. You know, you can get gold mats. That's good. Um, oh, uh, I've been doing uh, the... There's 15 prologue dailies you can do. There's nine for, like, the Northern Elsewhere and six for Merkmire. And those dailies are quick and easy. And that's that's just 15 right there. So... Um, that's about it. Nice. And I did also want to say, in our Twitter poll here, we did have two legends, uh, Wayfair Gaming, uh, at the Wayfair X on Twitter, Wayfair on uh, Twitch, great streamer, streams every Wednesday. He says, broke a thousand yesterday when we tweeted this, and that's freaking legendary. Way to go, man. A thousand boxes. That's awesome. I would like to think I'm somewhere around there, but I don't think I usually even hit a thousand, so I don't know. I feel sorry for his inventory. Like that that <laughs> just wrecks an inventory. <laughs> Especially with all those, you know, Abner Tharn. I mean Abner oh. Tharn's pretty cool. But you know, I I still don't like getting his pages or Sais Han or the Prophet or Lyra Scientborn. Especially I think at that point I just start <laughs> deleting them. <laughs> but there's also the Jeff Ryan and the Imperial stuff. So and deleting many. them takes forever. <laughs> yeah, it may just drop him in a guild bank. I don't know. 
Well, you see, I did the next best thing, you know. Just shut. You don't want to log on to a, a Xbox for a little while. Oh, God. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. if you thought that was bad, then we had <laughs> Benevolent Bodie, the master calendar mancer of ESO. He commented that he is getting 200 plus per day just from doing crafting roots alone, which I'm assuming is on multiple accounts because, oh my God. For the love of all that is holy, benevolent, 200 plus per day crafting grits. Oh my goodness. I was just trying to do some math and I was like, okay, well, if it's 210, that'd be 30 characters because you get seven from each thing. And that would be two accounts with 18 and, th- and 12. So that alone, if you're doing 30 characters and making 5K each because you have the passive that I told everyone to get increases it to 5k increases your gold gain including your writs so you're doing it on 30 characters with 5k each that is 150k a day in gold like oh my goodness in a week are you kidding me that's uh math is hard over a thousand or over a hundred over a million in gold a week oh my goodness plus not to mention this dude's getting like over a thousand anniversary boxes a week like wow very impressive yeah uh hopefully you know he gets some nice motifs too yeah i've been having actually pretty good drop rate with the motifs i feel like been getting like oh yeah look at that look at that look at that yeah, sometimes I get none. Other times I've gotten like seven in a row. I'm like, okay, I, I can go with seven motifs. That's, you know, really rare. But most of the time I get like three or four or two to three, two to three to two to four. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep this moving along here. That's going to be the event for you guys going on. That's going to be the news on uh, the courier shop and on Elder Scrolls, all the good things going on. Um, Oh, I guess we can mention. um, Yeah. So the event was originally until the 13th of April. It got extended because of some uh, kind of random stuff going on. uh, The whole thing with playstation network if you play over there uh things got kind of dicey over there for a day and a half or so and update totally like failed i don't know they had to just take almost the server off for like a whole day which is what they thought they were gonna have to do but it ended up they only had to take it down for a few hours but of course people were still you know like yo that was my only hour to play and i now i don't get you know double xp i don't get this that and i understand that more than ever right now because i only have like maybe an hour to play a day and i really would be so sad if it wasn't accessible that hour although i would totally understand but anyways um it sucks that it was down it sucks that people didn't get to play during that time but there are benefits from that happening for playstation players 
Uh, some of your daily login rewards got moved around. The day seven, which probably already passed, daily login reward will be modified to give five 150% XP boost scrolls. The day eight daily login reward will be modified to give players of this month's pet. And the normal day seven and eight rewards will be moved later in the month, so you won't miss those either. So that's a lot going on for PlayStation people and for everyone. We will all see the uh, anniversary Jubilee event extended until the 15th, which is Thursday. Um, and of course, 10 a.m. Eastern time at one. All right. So we have definitely gone on long enough here uh, talking news and everything. Thank you guys for uh bearing with us here of course we had three episodes where we were just focused on cp so we have plenty to talk about here and uh probably just some pent up just going on talking this um clearly which we will continue to put out through the rest of the show but uh let's get into our current state of serial stuff going on and so we could just move into the full rest of the episode Dog, Cyrodiil, my man. Still locked down with, um, you know, no proc sets and everything. That has come to console. So, I mean, yes. we got a whole, like, it's it's weird in there. Yep. It's even weirder is that you can, you know, put on your proc sets inside of Dells and, you know, <laughs> be good. Yeah, it's really weird, honestly. How did you even find that out? Uh, I had the, the Ring of the Wild Hunt on just by, you know, habit. And I was like, holy, you know, I'm running like super fast. Like, that's different. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And then, it, like, I know I didn't know, realize it, but I was like running really fast inside the delve, got out of the delve. I'm like, why am I so slow? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then I remembered that proc sets are disabled. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess they work inside of Delves, so that's awesome. Classic. Yeah. So let's knock some serial scores out of the way. We've got Greyhost scores for you guys for every platform. As far as PC Stadia goes, we've got the NA side of things looking at 80 in the lead, 63.5K, and 10 days remaining, by the way. DC in second, right behind him, only 200 back, 63.3k. And just about 1,000 back from the lead, Ebonheart packed at 62.7k. So, definitely a tight battle over there with only 10 days left. It would be interesting to see who comes out on top. Then we also have AD leading the EU side of things with 70k. EP at 62.2k behind him, and DC at 51.5k, unfortunately, in last. So, Dogged, how are things going over on the Xbox side of things? Alright, for Xbox NA, there's 25 days left in the campaign, and DC is leading it in first with 17.5k, EP in second with 15.1k, and then AD in last with 13k. And then for Xbox EU, we have DC in first with 21.7k, AD in second with 11.5k, and EP only 68 points behind AD for 11.4k. So, 
very close between they're fighting for second, but they're not they're not fighting for uh first. Or at least not yet. <laughs> now when you got the DC in the lead, DC in the lead. And then on the PlayStation side of things, we once again have DC in the lead with 15k on NA servers, of course. And then EP right behind him at 13.5k and AD at 12k. And then on the EU side, we've got AD at 15k leading, DC behind him with 13k, and Ebonheart Pact close behind at 12.5k. So that's a lot of different stuff going on. Um, Cyrodiil, Greyhost scores. Remember, proc sets are off in there right now, so keep that in mind as we go through the scores. Maybe if you feel they're a bit closer, maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe that is a uh, reflection of the proc sets being off. Maybe not. I don't know. You know, take it for what you will. Do the research on your own and go experience it for yourself. Dog, do you have uh, any other PvP uh, goings-on here that you've been... uh, and recently um yes actually you know it wouldn't be uh you know an event if uh, i didn't slaughter a group of 80 right because apparently that's the thing every mid-year mayhem every i guess whatever this is <laughs> anniversary event you know whenever i'm in you know just doing dailies or trying to mind my own business a group of 80 shows up and they uh, want to kill me and yeah, so you know, to start off, you know, I was doing t- town dailies and Coral went on priority, no problem. There's some 80 there, they were friendly, they were nice. There were even a couple EP there, they were friendly, they were nice, no one died, you know, it's peaceful, right? Then I grabbed my first dailies at Bruma and I did them. I went to turn them in, and I was with the 400 CP blue, and I put some heals down on, you know, at, at the quest giver. And guess what? I, you know, boom, in cap. Wow, I was so shocked. You know, luckily, their in cap was weak. And I just turned around. He got killed by my meteor. Uh, a light attack from, like, me. I think a heavy attack from the other guy. And my Jesus beam. Like, he got, like, four shot. Like, he was just done. And then I turned in my quest, and I saw three yellows coming in. Like, they, they blocked. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. They're maybe I don't know if they were the same friends from uh, Coral slash Wade and Priory, so I just went out the door, and then I went to go like leave the area, and I heard battle music behind me. I'm like, oh, okay. I wonder what happened in there, and surely enough, my my friend, the blue guy, um, he was just dead on the ground. The AD yellow was picked up, and. Yeah, he was just dead at the quest guy, too. So I don't even think he was ever able to turn in the quest. So I was like, man, that's just uncalled for. And I engaged them. Um, I killed them. I killed most of them. Uh, uh, Nightblade attempted to gank me, which almost killed me. But I lived, and then I killed them all. And then I backed the Nightblade and left because he tried to gank me twice. And that time he had three friends with him. So... Then I picked up the friend and I, uh, you know, got in a group with him and yeah. After that, you know, at, 
because I bagged and the Night Braid uh, messaged me his gear, which was Hundings and Jogger Hulk. And they were like divines and he had daggers and he's saying I won because I was wearing gold PVP gear and he was wearing blue and purple PVE gear. It's like, well, Hundings and Draugr Hulk is not PVE gear, especially for this, you know, no proc sets meta, not meta, but like, you know, can't have any proc sets inside of Cyrodo right now. So like my gear of Crafty Elfeek, you know, uh, Savs, the ring, a necklace. I also linked my Ring of the Wild Hunt. Earth Gore and False God, which all are not, you know, PvP sets, especially since Earth Gore doesn't work inside of PvP. And same thing with False God and Ring of the Wild Hunt. But they just work inside of the Delves, and I was using that to my advantage because I, I did the Delve quest. So he of course, you know, made excuses and yep. I just put on different gear because I was I already did the Delve and I was just doing dailies so with the blue we were talking to voice and so towards the end of the dailies, you know, my friend got killed and he was like, man, we really made them angry. They brought a whole Zerg and you know, we were both kind of laughing and he respawned and we went to go fight them because they wanted to fight. And we started killing them because they were running into one or two at a time. And then they all got up at a camp and they ran to us with a group of 19 and they were all wearing the same like guild tapper. That's how I knew that they were like a guild. A guild of them and so they're probably using you know guild chat that uh xbox has so they're probably all communicating that way at least i hope so and yeah we killed four or five of them and then we died and then the yellow uh picked up their groups and then all 19 of them started backing us like all 19 of them just non-stop and our voice chat was definitely hysterical and we were we were not that we were not pg-13 in that voice chat like you were saying stuff and yeah and then pretty much after that we got up we killed a few of them we got bagged again and we repeated that a few times he's like oh well you know we're getting ap we're getting a decent defense tick so whatever and then we kind of just decided you know okay let's go do something else and we started doing the dailies again uh we turn in the one at the, it's the house with all the stuff in it or with that, with all the flags around it, and then we went to go turn in the other one, and that's when we got ganked by all nineteen of them. They were all inside that building waiting. I think I feel I have a feeling that they were waiting the entire time, but they all unstealth at the same time, and we all got ganked by them. And I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess that happened. And we we were definitely laughing because we didn't we didn't see that coming. Like like well, okay, like that happened. And then the last thing that we did that day was that we respawned. We uh, brought the fight to some guards, to the honor guards. And I focused on the Sandblade. I killed the Sandblade. And the friend was healing me. And we were both uh, bagging the Sandblade until we died. And then we just left the left Cyrodo to go do other dailies. Because it was clear that those AD were not going to let us do dailies. So the uh, next day comes along, right? And this is about the same time. Uh, you know, same routine. I saw the friend. He was doing dailies, and he's like, "Hey," um, he was struggling with the same group of, and he was asking for help. And I got there, and we had we had bigger numbers this time. Uh, it was this, you know, same AD guild. I think they they had like sixteen to twenty people. Um, I got there, and it was me, him, and four other blues, and we killed their group. And the sample must be saying we only won because we had more numbers this time. And like, well. 
duh, of course we did. We were only outnumbered three to one compared to, you know, the nine to one yesterday. So that was the thing. And he sent some more uh, trash talk my way. So uh, I decided, you know, do something cheesy. And I asked, you know, the flute, the blue that I was with, uh, if he like what he was on, he was on a mag blade. And I told him if he had any bomber gear, you know, just in case. And he said no, but he did have, you know, War Maiden, Belorg, and Spinners, which is close enough. So I put on my Belorg, War Maiden, Crafty Ophique. He put on that. And I challenged this guy if you want to do a two versus, you know, whatever, his guild of like 18 or whatever. And I was like, you know, I even bet 500k that we can win. And he accepted because, you know, 500k gold on the line, you know, who doesn't want to, you know, uh, accept that bet, right? Especially since, you know, it's a 2v18. And... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he accepted, and I brought us to Capstone Cave because it was for the quest. And I said, you know, we just want to do our quest, but really, we didn't have the quest. I just wanted a place where we could get some, an easy source of 500 ultimate for Beloric proc. And, you know, proc sets also work inside of there. So, that that's awesome. So, after, after about five minutes, they showed up, and we fought for about 45 seconds. And... That it was only forty five seconds because we ended up killing most of them. There, there was only a mag blade that got away, and pretty much we just ultied them as we started executing them with our ranged executes. You know, just one by one. You know, uh, killer's blade or whatever the mag version, mag morph of it is, and Jesus beam is just too much. It's too powerful, especially when you have a thousand extra spell damage and penetration and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we killed them, and he was trash talking us after we just beat them. So we did the proper thing to do, and you know, we just set up eight cold fire blisses outside of the delve, waited for them to come out, and greet them with the kindly barrage of cold fire bolts. You know, just welcoming them out of their unusually long load screen because we got an unusually long load time, so they probably got one too. And then you know, because I was a bit mad that they were, you know, very angry about it and they're trash talking us after that so i i uh i was like I, I told them to enjoy the nice long ride back to bruma you know from their gates which Ebonheart pack decided to gate them which just made it you know golden so yeah those were my uh, pvp adventures though All right, well, that is going to wrap up our PvP talk with Dog's wrap of his crazy PvP experiences. Slaying many, many AD and having all kinds of other stuff happen. But, you know, congratulations on uh, slaying the elves of the motherland. Yep. It was, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> so... With no further ado, we know you're all waiting for it. So while you're here, we have our DLC Dungeon Guides episode, starting with the one and only Imperial City Prison. This dungeon holds a salty place in my heart because... After many, many grinding attempts, some solo, some with dogs, some with two or three people, 
you know, with me. Uh, and trying to get that scathing mage lightning staff. Still haven't got it. But logged into Xbox, went there one time, hit the chest, somehow got it. So sometimes RNG can be crazy. But this uh this dungeon itself has got a lot of interesting stuff going on. So Dog, why don't you start us off? Alright, well DLC dungeons can be unlocked at level 45, so you can queue up to it at level 45. And where is the Imperial City prison, you ask? Well, it's in the city of Wayrest. I know, it's confusing. Wayrest 2 versus in the Imperial City. Imperial City, Imperial City prison is in Wayrest. It's really confusing. No, I'm just kidding. It's in the Imperial City. Um, you have to go to like the actual uh, Imperial City like campaign s- system. And then if you want to like travel into it, like walk into it, not like travel into it. If you want to just like walk into it, you have to go that way. You have to go into the Imperial City, and then it's at the north end of the Memorial District. So it's a bit harder to just walk into and like some of the other ones, but you can still do it if you wanted to. And then you know, let's start with some bosses. And the first one is the Overfiend. And for this one, you definitely want to watch out for his heavy attack and his AoE conal swings, especially if you're not a real tank or if you're, you know, just soloing it because you want an achievement and you're crazy. And yeah. And then the Overfiend will also spawn ads and a harvester at 50%. So just be ready for ads. Yeah, and definitely, as Doc said, uh, if you're, like, fake-taking this or anything, make sure you watch out, because that Overfiend can definitely, with his heavy attack, take you down. But if you block it, it's really nothing. It's the AoE Kono swings that always get me. So Yeah. It's got to watch out for stuff like that. And then for the second boss, we have... Ibomez, the flesh sculptor. So this dude's gonna throw bombs. Throw bombs at zombies? No, that's what you're gonna do. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So for the second boss, we have the one and only Ibomez, the flesh sculptor. He's gonna be chilling. There at his little pond of dismay, I guess you could call it. A little pond of uh, dench or foulness that uh, he's going to spawn stuff out of. So uh, he's going to lock down every now and again at about 75, 50, and 25% health. And you are going to have to bomb the zombies coming in. Because if they make it to the pool and go there, they're going to turn into flesh atronachs eventually. And you're going to really want to kill those before they become enraged. Especially on veteran, clearly. Now, Ebomas also has a very uh, personal move where he will pin someone down and just tenderize them with his sword, just destroying... Uh, there, you know, flesh or whatever, as dark as you want to get here. But, yeah, he, that's what he does. And that is actually, if you are an experienced group, you know, and you're ripping through on a normal or whatever, if you see him having some unlocked and tenderizing, 
instead of bashing and freeing that person, you know, because they'll probably survive with a healer and everything, just unload your DPS right then because um, he's just standstill. He's in that locked position and you can just do so much damage. So just a little tidbit there. Yep, and then after you kill that boss, you know, Lyrinth will be will tell you that uh, the last thing that stands between us is the Gravelight Sentry. And then she says, this is the last thing that stands between us and Lord Warden. So, you know, the Gravelight Sentry. And when you get there, which is, it's a long way. Like, like there's so many assets in between there. So, so it'll take a little while. It's, yeah. But when you finally get there, you know, the first thing you see is that it's the it's the Watcher type deal along with a bunch of necromancers. And you're going to want to target the necromancers first. Uh, when they charge up, you're going to want to bash them to, pre- to prevent them from spawning in the skeletons. The boss will have an AoE that will push everyone away. And lastly, just don't stand in the green poison that's on the outside of the rooms. You know, side effects vary and probably include death, especially on veteran then it's most likely will include your death. So after the Gravelight Century and all of that fun stuff, we've got the Flesh Abomination as you continue through. And uh, this boss, it can be a little interesting if you get a veteran and the DPS is kind of low can definitely deal out some damage with its massive AoEs and everything. But overall, uh, and especially on normal, it's not too bad. So, as far as this guy goes and mechanics, you're going to want to make sure you kill the Horvers that it spawns immediately because they place a bad AoE on the ground and it will significantly hurt if you stand in it. When the boss puts an AoE with the outer ring squirting green nastiness you want to make sure you stay in that circle don't roll out because you might die the warden will scream mind where you stand as you know dog so thoughtfully has pointed out here yes he's very vocal about it i mean he he's he wants to help us right so he's kind kind of well, that probably leads right into where we say he will say, look out for his delightful exploding horrors. Quote, unquote, this delightful new strain of horror will fight on the front line soon is the audio cue. So make sure if this dude starts talking about horrors, you get the heck out of there. You know, block or roll out of the areas and... Definitely don't sack for this, you know. They might say sharing is caring, but instead, sharing is daring if you share these AOEs. That wouldn't be good. No. No, it would not. Alright, so next up, uh, you need to fight some levers. Alright, there's there's, uh, three gates. Gate one has one lever, and it's easy to pull. Right, not too simple, or no, not too simple. It's not too hard. You just pull the, the, the pull the lever, right? Then you have gate two and gate three. Each has two levers, and you need to have coordination. You need to pull the levers at the same time. 
or like within like one or two seconds of each other. You cannot just one man pull it with charging maneuvers plus the wild hunt ring. Because guess what? You're still too slow to pull. Uh, you're still too slow to pull both the levers at the same time. And then I I also have 32 points in the sprint speed bonus too, and I'm still too slow. So yeah, the main thing is that you have to pull them at the same time, and that can be a problem if you've gotten to that point just soloing the dungeon on normal because you want to sneak past all the watchers. And yeah. But once you know, once you pass, you know the levers. Then you, you then you fight a uh, Lord Warden's Council. Then our usually kill order is the Necromancer, Templar, Knight and Blade, and Dragon Knight. But really, it's just you want to make sure that you kill the Necromancer first, and the other three doesn't matter that much. And the reason why you the reason why you want to kill the Necromancer first is because the Necromancer summons a totem that should be destroyed first. Or ASAP, or you can do like 2k DPS for 20 minutes. I mean, you know, your choice, really, right? <laughs> and then other, you know, mechanics is the Templar will heal, so whenever she heals, you want to bash them. The Nightblade has a, a steel tornado, so that's you don't want to stand in that. And then the DK will run in a straight line, and if no one blocks it, then he just runs. And sometimes he just runs away from the fight, too, so that's fun. And then on veteran, when you kill them, they become ghosts. So you just have to kill the rest of them. And that's it. So when you get past Lord Warden's council, you have yourself dealing with the one and only man himself, Lord Warden, who uh, is quite the talkative dude, but he also is a pretty decent fight. On veteran, especially if you're trying to do hard mode or no death, it could get a little frustrating. But um, there are mechanics they've worked on stuff to make it not so broken. But as far as just the things that always happen, Lord Warden himself has some battle tactics, like his Shadow Orb that you want to be very careful for because he will just machine gun them at you constantly. Oh, never mind. Like his shadow orb, which he will just, you know, hurl at you every now and again. Then he also spawns shades at 65 and 35, which there are four of, and you will need to kill all of to bring him back out. Then he has a shadow barrage attack, which is a just machine gun of shadow attacks. You definitely want to ideally have the tank in between or any other player dropping a block really quick until the tank can get there. Very similar to the scale caller peak uh, Zon move where she tethers someone and you have to have the tank in between. Um, then you also have the meteors, which will rain down in the fight and will stun you if you're not blocking. So... If you're resting your friend who didn't synergize a brace for the impact synergy and died, luckily, you don't have to worry about that anymore because there is no synergy. But, dog is clearly salty about all those times I died when there was a synergy. <laughs> yes, yes I was. Yes I am. So, what about the portals here, dog? Are those, uh, those important in this fight? 
Yes, the portals are very important. You know, pretty much the biggest mechanic of the thing, especially on veteran, especially in the hard mode. And so he'll spawn two blue portals and they're gonna move around the room. They're they move randomly until you need to get a revive, then they're gonna hundred percent randomly move towards you every time. Um each portal has two uses, so don't fall in too early. Or if you do, like, really, really early, someone needs to also jump in in order to reset it. Or someone else is just going to die. I mean, either way, you know, having somebody else die can be good. It can also be bad. So, um, the main thing is that uh, each portal has the two uses. So, you want to make sure that when you do it, every the, we want to make sure that both people... Each portal has two uses, so you want to make sure that both of them go away at the end, but, uh, so that way you can't kill yourselves later on. And yeah, for this phase, the boss will ascend high in the air, not like his like little teleport thing that he does earlier, but it's higher, and you have like three seconds to jump in, which means you have to hope that they're not like on the opposite side of the room. Again, they're going to randomly move across all, across all the way from you. It happens every time. And like I said, it's important to make sure everyone jumps in because if there's one portal beneath you, uh, and if you all happen to drop in on that portal, you will get wiped. And these portals will also randomly move 100% right where you drop down so that they can wipe you on the hard mode. So, like I said, it's supposed to be random, but it, it doesn't feel like it's random sometimes. And... Of course, with that, there are plenty of good old sets to go over. And, uh, Dog, why don't you start us off here? Alright, so first up we have Scathing Mage. This is the white set. And this will give you some Max Magicka, some Spell Crit, more Spell Crit, and then its fifth piece passive is... When we deal crit damage, you have a 20% chance to increase your spell damage by 516 for 6 seconds, and this effect can occur once every 6 seconds. So this set is actually a pretty good set. Um, you know, this is something that Bob's been going after for a while, especially on PC. He just needs that one lightning sap, and he's never gotten it yet. So it's kind of funny, you know, it's Larianth really just messing with him. Especially since he's a, you know, dim-witted necromancer using a flat astronaut. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be using this uh, scaling mage set as well on a couple of my characters on Xbox. So, that's it. This is a, this is a pretty good set. So for the medium set, we've got Sheer Venom, which is going to give you max stam, then two things of weapon damage on the way to the five piece, which is when you deal damage with an ex when you deal damage with an execute ability, you infect the enemy, dealing nine thousand two hundred sixty-eight poison damage over six seconds, and this effect can occur every six seconds. So. 100% uptime and deals a nice little poison dot. So, uh, 
Definitely one that people have enjoyed throwing into their builds throughout the years. Yep. And then we have Leeching Plate, which is the heavy armor set. This will give you some max health. Uh, two things of 4% healing taken. And then it's if he's fast of it. Uh, is when you take damage, you have a 20% chance of summoning a cloud of leeching poison under the attacker that deals 1236 poison damage every one second for five seconds. And then this heals you for 100% of the damage caused. And then a cloud can be created every five seconds. So this is one that has definitely been seen a lot inside of PvP on tanks. Um, yeah. I think that's the main place that you'll see Leeching Plate being used is just PvP on tanks. And then for the monster set, we've got Lord Warden, which has become quite the popular tank set throughout the days. Maybe not as popular as it used to be now, but still you're going to see it on a lot of builds. For the one piece, it adds 1487 armor and two piece. When you take damage, you have a 50% chance to summon a Shadow Orb for 10 seconds that increases the physical and spell resistance of you and your allies within 3 meters by 3,180. This effect can occur every 10 seconds, so it can have 100% uptime if you get your uh, allies in whatever it gets down there for uh, more, uh, you know, resistances and everything for all of you then that is a huge plus and definitely something dog utilizes yep the eight meters is you know good enough where it's you know it's not too foot you're not like you have to be too close but so yeah it's it's definitely you know a good size so perfect perfect so that's going to be the bosses and the sets for this dungeon dog anything else important to note in here um there's some like you know other stuff that i just wanted to point out and this is kind of just things that I find interesting, stuff that I find in the dungeon. And the first one is a way out. And this is a little, a little note. It's from a former guard that tried to escape the Emperor's Imperial City prison. And you see, you see a lot of them. They kind of like trinkle. And then you see like a whole, like the floor is covered with them. And it's because they got massacred. And yeah, it's sad. But yeah. Let's go with, you know, I guess that happens inside the Imperial City Prison, right? That's why we had to go free it. Um, Lord Jordan traps will glow when you're, in, when you're in sneak. So when you're fighting those three little gate areas with the lovers, they actually glow. In between Ibomess, the Flesh Sculptor, and the Gravelight Century, there's one crazy, you know, dog-sized pull that you can do. And I like to do it. And sometimes it works out for us. Sometimes we die. And then, you know, lastly, after defeating the Flesh Abomination, which is a Flesh Colossus, to remind anyone, um, Lyrinth will famously say, in my experience, Flesh Echinox are tools for the dim-witted. So, that means that Bob's, you know, Flesh Colossus from the Necromancer, Necromancer's Flesh Colossus, she categorized as uh, Flesh Echinox, so, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much Dog's uh, favorite quote ever comes out of this dungeon, and he is uh, pretty much, you know, the term beating a dead horse really comes to mind here because Dog uh, definitely 
loves his Lyrinth and this line that comes out of the dungeon about flesh astronauts, but perhaps she will have some new, um, you know, uh, hateful, you know, spit towards uh, necromancers and. Doc could say something new for the next uh, three years. <laughs> yeah. Or she would just turn it around and <laughs> she says something hateful about Templars and ruins my life. <laughs> I feel that that is a low percentage, <laughs> but I could definitely hope for that. So what about some of the achievements here? Let's see, we have a lot. You want to just go back and forth on them? Uh, yeah, we can do that. So the first one, we've got Dark Light Dancer, which is just defeating Lord Warden with group members, evading the Dark Light Burst, which is the meteors falling from the sky. So that can sound a little tough, but it can be done on normal, and as long as your group pays attention, it won't be too bad. Yep, the next one is Blockbuster. You get to free all the prisoners. It's uh, four different little gates, levers they have to do to free them. And this will give you the Tower White Gold die. Yeah, it's called the Tower White Gold instead of the White Gold Tower, you know, just to mess with people, probably. Something that I would do. Then you have the Vanquisher and Conqueror achievements, which gives you the Putrid Flesh Teal Die. Hmm, that sounds great. A must-have for Necromancers. So, there you go. Yeah. Then you have your Life Sentence, which is your No Death for Veteran. You have your Lord Warden's Retaliation, which is your hard mode. And then you have your No Prison Can Hold Me, which is the speed run of 45 minutes. So you have 45 minutes to complete it, which is a long time. <laughs> it is a long dungeon, though. Yeah, I think the only one that's else is 45 minutes is the City of Ash 2. So... And then you have the Mind Shriven Slayer, a classic one, which is the Kill 300 Mind Shriven on Veteran in ICP. Yep, and then you have your Vil Vigilant Watcher Slayer, which is Kill 50 of them on Veteran. And I'll just let you handle this last one, dog, since I know it's near and dear to you. Yeah, so the last one is Out of Sight. This is where you sneak past all the Vigilant Watchers. And, you know, shout out to Graham who helped me this week by, you know, complete this because he came in and he helped me pull the lever because I needed an extra person to pull the lever with me. And I sold it up to that point on normal. And pretty much if you can survive the first boss's like little cleave thing that he does with the AOE sweeps, then you should be able to survive the uh, next boss where he one of your locks you down. And... Uh, but I also had, you know, heals and earth gore to save me. So uh, there's that. But uh, yeah. It also, you know, you can count on yourself really good to, you know, evade all the village and watchers. So. And with that, we want to go into our little break, as always, and remind you guys that we are part of the oh so wildly popular. Robots Radio Podcast Network. And as such, 
we were able to offer you awesome deals like 15% off your first order at Loot Crate or a free month when you sign up for your first at Gamefly. And either of those will give kickback directly to our show. So the links are in the show notes. Go check them out, as well as links to our merch store. Go get yourself a Red Diamond Courier t-shirt. And uh, yeah, go check out all the other awesome shows at RobotsRadio.net, because I know that you got nothing to do on Wednesday afternoon, right? And there's some good ones, like Mass Effect Lorecast just starting up. That's freaking awesome. So go check them out. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D and D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Hell's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for Prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Alright, alright, dog. So, one dungeon down, one to go. And uh, this one is actually a pretty interesting one, and it has... uh, some pretty rememberable lines for sure. Yep, definitely has some, you know, good lines with uh, Molikina and Clevia Thorn, and especially when you talk to the uh, Moth Priest or whoever that one person who had the oldest role was at the end. Yeah, when they're like, Oh, that could not have been Clivia Thorn or something like that. I don't know. And you're like, well, what happened? They're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. She's like, that's not the Clivia Thorn that I know. And now it's speculative if, you know, if that was real Clivia Thorn or if Clivia Thorn is locked up somewhere. You, you know. know they're going to continue that somewhere. Maybe it's going to be Blackwood. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. So, before we get too down the rabbit hole, let's talk about this dungeon. So, we've got some bosses. This one's a little interesting because there's only four, like, big bads, right, dog? And, like, a couple little side bosses, but we're only going to really focus on the big ones. Yeah, there's only four bosses that actually, you know, drop set pieces, so they're the only ones that matter. There's two other named people, but they don't matter all right well let's get it started then for uh the first boss we have the adjudicator now the goal of this boss is of course to burn down as fast as possible but you gotta be careful too because it's gonna be like sending one person away every time so if you're the tank you want to turn the boss immediately away from the group when you get in there. And you want to hold it there because the boss can throw something at the tank. And it can split off and one shot the other. So you want to be careful. Now, like I was saying, it will transport one person into a prison cell who have to break the lock. If you're on veteran, you're definitely going to want to... Uh, 
you know, the healer might need to, like, pay attention to them a little bit. And, uh, of course, as if picking a lock wasn't always the most annoying thing, now try doing it under an extreme amount of pressure. Right, dog? Yeah, you know, it's just fire. Like, what's a little bit of fire yeah. amongst friends, right? <laughs> yeah, you're only just burning while you're trying to, you know, fumble around with this. And now, let's just think of that realistically. That lock is probably extremely hot. Like, how are you even holding that to pick it? Like, I, I don't know about you. Or I guess it's I on a door, right? It's not like a. It's like, like a cage. A, it's like yeah, a Yeah, it's not like a like big, thick lock padlock or whatever i'm thinking of yeah but i don't pick locks anyways i just force lock them you know electrum 19 comes in handy for this dungeon wow yeah i would say so why does electrum need to go to 19 like why it goes to 20 but that's when well i understand that (laughs) but i mean even 19 is too much (laughs) yeah well they really want you to get your thieving done or murder or you know, not not the good, not the legal stuff, but the illegal stuff. The illegals. And yeah, no, I got it. And don't forget that if you guys are all getting trapped in there, because she will keep sending more if you don't get out of there fast enough. And if three people, wait, will she send more, or did I just totally do that backwards? No, you're right. She'll she'll have two people locked up, or oh, okay, technically all four if you do that bad. Yeah. So if you get three people, like in the cells, and the other person dies, or vice versa, you have three dead on the outside, one in the cage, whatever. If there is no one to fight the boss, it will reset, and that could get really annoying on veteran. You just want to watch out for it. I mean. This boss, again, this is like the first DLC dungeon that came out about six years ago. So not the craziest dungeon, but still like, you know, it could be tough on veteran, especially when pugging and you don't really want to make it any harder on yourself than you have to. So words of the the wise, I guess you could say. Yeah, the only way how I found this out is that it was actually normal, but we had like a fake tank. And the one mechanic happened where, uh, like, it just sh- nuked the tank right away, nuked another DPS, and I got sent into prison. And it was on a, it was on, it's on my PC character, which does not have Legerman 19, so I had to manually pick locks like, you know, not a cool guy. And then the other person died, and the dungeon reset, and that was not fun. It doesn't sound fun, honestly. All right, the next boss that you'll fight earlier, three Imperial bosses. This is where uh, Clivia Tharn will be like, hey, stop them. I have the Elder Scroll. The Elder Scroll is mine, and she'll run away. And then she says, kill them all. I think you meant to say, she says, the Elder Scroll <laughs> is mine. <laughs> Or something along those lines. (laughs) Yep, and kill them all. Yep, that's exactly how it goes, I think. Exactly. (laughs) With that exact enthusiasm. (laughs) Yep. The way that we normally, you know, go about these three Imperials is that we'll stack them together. Um, If you're the tank, you can actually step where the scroll 
thing was. You can just stand on top of that and you can pull them on top all onto there and you can just jump off. Um, that's something that I've seen other people do. Uh, as far as like each individual one goes, Altho is a healer, but she also spits out a lot of fire damage. So that's the one that we usually go for first. Mycelia is the tank, and she will drop a DK standard that uh, you don't want to stand in, you know, fire burns and all. This also enrages the enemies, so you want to move them out of that. And then Cordius is a Nightblade DK mix, and I think they just really teleport strike and be annoying, so. That sounds like a classic Nightblade or DK, honestly. And then for the third boss, we've got the Planar Inhibitor. Now, uh, this one is a little bit complicated. Actually, Doc, I'm just going to let you take this one because that pinion confuses me. All right, so for the pinion, or this boss has the pinion, and it's like one of the uh, dolmen things wherever you like you to press it and then it closes. But for this, whenever you press it, whoever presses it will have the aggro of it. So if you're a DPS and if you don't want aggro of it, you do not run up to the thing Grab, grab it and then complain that the tank's not taunting because you you grab the aggro. That's not how it works, right? Oh, so that's what <laughs> happens to me every time. <laughs> Probably. Like, why is this tank not pulling aggro? Well, because you pulled the aggro. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, what are you doing? Man? Get it together. Yeah. And after a while, the spots will start doing more and more damage to the tank. And... Either the tank will have to like run around kiting the boss, but uh, you're you're slow, and the boss is slow, and the boss will slowly catch up. So you can either have another person activate it, like your healer, or just a fast DPS, or you can just kill it. Kind of depends on you know what the DPS is, what's the you know group. Maybe if you if you don't have a healer, then that might be problematic too. So. Yeah, and this boss used to be a lot harder. I don't remember why, but maybe it just as time went by, it got easier. But I remember at some point, I think they nerfed it. But yeah, now it's pretty burnable. Just burn the crap out of that thing is what we do every time, at least. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know I've never personally had any problem with this boss yeah it, it and it's an old dungeon so it would have been like pretty early on but yeah everyone yeah. was like oh that's the tough boss yeah i've always had a, a hard time with the first boss in pugs compared to this one which is true you know pretty much the exact opposite from you know other people and then the yes. uh the other mechanic to this boss fight are plain mailed rifts and two people's screens will turn wide and gray, and you have to destroy the rifts, just like in the fights before, like when you're running through the Weichel Tower. Um, Wait, you mean to tell me they actually showed me the mechanics in the last fight? Yeah, or you can just, you know, yeah, you could either destroy the rifts, or you could fight, like, Deja for ten minutes. True, that as well. But yeah, so look out for that, people, when you're going through the dungeons. You know, they will present to you the mechanics that you need to know. It's also an achievement to make sure you destroy all the rifts before there you anything spawns out for the That's boss. That's good to know. Yeah. 
now for the last boss you come up you got to beat this big gate guardian right dog and then you get to go through this like cool little portal go up to molag kina and you gotta kill her like little wizard electric you know wizard guardians yep those would be the lightning aspects there you go and as uh it is stated plainly for us to see here there are four of them to start the fight. When you kill them, they will explode and nuke anyone in their circle. And this is a constant thing. Every time that they come out during the fight, when you kill them, an AoE will grow under them. And if you are standing in it, one shot, done. Guaranteed on the ground. Even on normal, too. So, Yeah. And as I was saying, they spawn during the fight at 60 and 30%. This is when she shields herself and uh, brings them up, starts lightning, like shooting waves of them. Now, the longer you take to kill them, the worse that that whole uh, cycle gets. Now, she will periodically jump and like slam down, bouncing you back further and further each jump until you get pushed into the farthest back wall and die because that's also a one shot. Now, she also uses lightning waves that I was talking about earlier that just send out constantly. And they may not, the initial blow might, yeah, it buffs you back, you know, it hurts, it's annoying, but it also has a dot on it that gets put on you and it stacks. So if you keep hitting it, it's going to be bad. And it also does some direct damage to you and, as I said, nudges you back. So you're going to get pretty much super annoyed by it and if you're trying to get any revives off it's gonna be like nah that's not gonna how that's not how it's gonna be and you might think oh this is the time i should get revives off because boss shielded and the aspects are up but yeah yeah it's probably just not gonna happen <laughs> this is coming from a guy that's been laying there dead while someone tried to revive me and it just didn't work to the point where you're just like, God, please just do the fight. Yeah, Bob likes to lie on the ground dead a lot. That's Not a often, thing. but you know, seven pieces light armor. I'm going glass cannon, brother. Or it's just a necromancer thing. I think you want to think that, but I think we can agree to disagree. Yeah, just like how I disagree that you say that, you know, the first one pushes you back. I don't know. There's definitely been times where I've been hit by six of them, and all six of them nudged me back. <laughs> there was no CC immunity for me. I just got pushed back until I was dead because I tried to pick up a revive, and it did not work in my favor. I I don't even remember saying the first one pushed you back, but <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that all of them pushed you back, and she just sends them freaking constantly. <laughs> yeah. All right, so next up, we have some lightning lines. Um, for the first fight, or for the first like little phase that you might see this, uh, she'll summon one line of lightning, and then it kind of just rotates around. And then during the execute phase, after that 30% uh, shield falls, she summons two of them, and they go fast, especially if you have the hard mode on, and they move against each other so one's going clockwise the other one's going clockwise so you really have to time your rolls and self heals and all that uh, wisely 
So. And then the last mechanic for this boss are Storm Atronachs. Um, she'll periodically spawn one in, and it will lock onto a player, and if it catches that player, it will explode and kill anyone in a circle, not just that player. So it's important to kill those as fast as possible. And you're not always going to see this. I know that there's a few times where uh, we've definitely not seen it, and there's other times where she spawns it in right away. Like, 60% happens, and she spawns it in, and it goes on. So it's kind of just RNG and how fast you burn mechanics, and if she's like, oh, I want to spawn one in right now, or not. So, And that'll wrap up the mechanics for Molekina. Yeah, and this fight is not a terrible one. You just really got to be on the lookout for things that one-shot you or interrupt you constantly. And how's the hard mode on this one, dog? Um, it's not too bad. Like I said, just the lightning fit lines go faster. But I think the Storm Matcher knock walks a little bit faster as well. But it's not too bad. Yeah. In the Storm Matcher, you could get lucky and see none of them during the fight. Yeah. But if you, they gotta be the moment they come down, you gotta get those if they do. Agreed. All right, Doug. So let's uh, talk about some sets here and wrap it on up. Uh, as always, the light is going to be your favorite. So uh, I'll let you have at it. Wow. How dare you? Wow. All right. Oh, so you know one. you love it. SPC. <laughs> <laughs> this one's Spell Power Cure. This is a light set. This one will give you two things of Magic Magicka spell damage. And then its fifth piece passive is. When you heal a friendly target that is at 100% health, you have a 50% chance to give the Major Courage for 10 seconds, which increases their weapon and spell damage by 258. And that one is a still a pretty meta healing one. Uh, Dogden, I've never really been into it, though, personally. Yeah, uh, this set's actually a bit more meta compared to Alarima. With the uh, changes that they did, uh, it was uh, like two or three p uh, patches ago where they changed it so that uh, Alarima had like a chance to get it and only applied to like, I think, six group members. And some people were like, well, the RNG thing is not cool. So they didn't like it. And I kind of agreed with them, but I still will use Alarima because I like it better than Spell Power Cure. I also don't want to go farm for a spell power cure, so you know, a bit of laziness and yeah. So for the next set, we've got the medium one, which is Essence Thief. It's gonna be max dam, two max dams, then a weapon damage, and for the five piece, when you deal damage with a light attack. You draw essence from an enemy that pools near them for five seconds. Drawing from the pool heals you 3,900 health, restores 3,900 stamina, and increases your damage by 10% for 10 seconds. A pool can only be created every 10 seconds, so that's 100% of time you can keep the pool up. And, um, I mean, yeah, it heals you for almost 4,000. That's great. Restores 4,000 stamina. That's awesome. 
increases your damage by 10%. That's really awesome. And that's an unnamed buff. So, I mean, that's just a set buff. So, those are the kind you want to see, no doubt. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting set. Yeah, not one that, uh, that I've ever used, but it's definitely an interesting one. All right, the next set is Brands of Imperium. This is the heavy set. This will give you two things to max health, 4% healing taken. It's fifth piece passive reads. Uh, when you take damage, you grant you and your group members within eight meters a damage shield that absorbs 11,260 damage for six seconds. And this effect can occur once every 12 seconds. So this set is, it's an okay set, but uh, one thing that I've kind of learned is that, uh, you know, 10k damage shield isn't really the greatest thing to have on a set, especially, uh, you know, when we, when we were, whenever I was using a combat physician, I think that was about like a 9k damage shield at the time, and it was good, or at least I thought it was good, and then there was one of the new uh, DLC dungeons. I'm like, man, this set just broke my heart. This is not a helpful set. This set is garbage. And I was very upset with it. The the bright side about this one is like, it gives a decent damage shield to anyone who's close. So, Yeah, and that's definitely always nice. It's a very few select uh, sets that do that. And then we have the monster set, Molag Keno, which the One Piece is going to add 129 weapon and spell damage. If you're going for like a One Piece or something, you know, people like to stick that on there. I don't know. And then the Two Piece, when you deal damage with two consecutive light attacks, you trigger Overkill for six seconds, which increases your weapon and spell damage by 560, but also increases the increase your abilities by 8%. So... A little more than New Moon to Acolyte. And, uh, but that extra damage buff is pretty big. So if you could eat the sustain, then definitely going to help you out in the long run. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting set. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this site got buffed recently and with the one last patches too. So that's always good. Or, you know, goodish. All right. Some uh, other miscellaneous things about this dungeon is that uh, there are two named NPCs with about 1 million health on Veteran. They aren't bosses because, you know, like I said earlier, they don't drop loot, but they are named NPCs. One of them is a Flesh Colossus at the beginning of the dungeon, and the other is a Jajic Titan right before the Planar Inhibitor. The Flame Anchinock boss. So, yeah. Well, then, as far as achievements go, the first achievement that I have noted here is a Entry Denied. And this is one that I was kind of talked about earlier, where it's destroy all porters, destroy all portals to prevent planar inhibitors reinforcements from arriving. And then you can do that on normal or veteran. So. And then we've got Imperial Transgressions, where if you locate and interact all three speaking stones, you'll get this one. This unlocks Tainted Turquoise Die, and it can be done on normal, so you could definitely uh, sneak in there and bust that one out. 
Yeah. Uh, the next one is Fight Gold Tower Vanquisher and Conqueror. The uh, Veteran Completion gives you the uh, Magnus Setting Red Die. And the next one, Out of the Frying Pan, Ignore the Planar Inhibitor Mechanic on Veteran and Don't Die. This is the one Dog was saying about earlier. Yep. The next one is Despite a Thorn, which is the No Death Achievement. Uh, first to the top is the speed run, and that's a 30-minute speed run timer. And then you have Ice of the Storm, which is the hard mode. And those three the dog went through, that's going to be your trifecta achievements. And then we've got the Daedroth Dropper, kill 75 Daedroths, and that's going to be on Veteran. Yep, you also have the Horn Breaker, which is kill the 100 Zivkin on Veteran. And then the last one is the Imperial City Challenger. And this is complete the no death, speedrun, and hard run achievements for both of the dungeons. And then, what's the reward you might ask? Well, you get the Necrotic Horver pet. And this is another, you know, must have for Necromancers. And it's also exotic. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Dog's favorite pet. <laughs> yeah, and it follows Bob all day long on Xbox. Wherever, you know, Bob Chair or Bob Chinsky's character goes, he the pet dog doesn't ever log into. It's not true. You do daily writs every day. Eh, I'll believe when I see it. Or, you know, maybe not every day, but at least three out of seven (laughs) days. (laughs) Truth comes out. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our episode. It may have been a bit prolonged because, you know, we just we haven't got to be chatty Cathy's up in here lately. So. That was what we did, and we had a good time doing it, and we hope you guys enjoy. We'll be back next week with episode 61, talking all kinds of fun stuff. And, Dog, why don't you walk us out? All right. You can find us on Twitter of at RedDiamondCast. Find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can also find us in our ESO or Xbox guild of Airs the Red Diamond. And you can join that using the Robots Radio Discord found on RobotsRadio.net. And if you love our music as much as we do, it is made by the one and only Daniel Nisley, DK Productions. Hit him up. Have him make some stuff for your Twitch or whatever. If you listen on some more that you can leave a review, you have no idea how much it would mean to us if you do. And if it's five stars with some words, we'll shout it out on the cast. And if you have any ESO questions or anything like that, there's an absolutely amazing place, ESO-Hub.com, created by the one and only Alcast and the other one and only Woller. And it has everything there for you. Plus, if you check the news section, it's got great podcasts like ours. And this is all in our show notes, plus links to all the things mentioned earlier and robotsradio.net. So, Dogged, if they want to talk to you, where can they hit you up, my friend? All right, you can find me on Xbox of Dogpark24 and Twitter and ESOPC is the same thing. And yeah, you can definitely find me in ESO. Maybe you find me on a stork that has now like six skills and you can say, wow, dog, your stork sucks. And I'm like, I know it sucks. It's horrible. And I feel bad. <laughs> and it smells. And it smells. Yeah, it definitely smells. <laughs> it smells like a street in stork. <laughs> Which is pretty much like cheese. And 
If you want to find me, it's going to be Bob Chinsky everywhere you can go. Bob underscore Chinsky on Twitter or Twitch or ESOPC. Bob Space Chinsky on the good old Xbox. So once again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We hope you have a great week and we will see you on the flip side. Yeah, see ya. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.